Hey people, welcome back to the Slight Sarcasm Podcast. I'm Celeste. I'm Amber. And welcome back to our <laughs> show. I don't know, I still don't have like a great way to transition. I was gonna say, it's, it intro. sounds like you're never ready for <laughs> the episode to start. <laughs> you're just like, and uh, okay, we're really doing this. Got it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's authentic. It's it is. real. I agree. LOL. Anyway, how is your weekend? Or your oh, week? We're in the weekend. It has been a long week. Long, long, long week. Um, Yeah, same. Yeah, I'm kind of... Things are coming to a head at work for me. I'm transitioning on some things and uh, moving around uh, some projects. So I've got a lot of new stuff that I'm responsible for. And so I'm just trying to get adjusted to all the new stuff that's coming in and deal with some of the old stuff that I still have to close out and uh yeah it's just just been a lot of work and I actually after we record this I'm going to take a nap and then get up and work still and it's Sunday so you know it's bad if I have to work on a Sunday (laughs) yeah dang but it's okay how how about you how was your week I don't remember what happened this week, to be totally honest. (laughs) Once again, we're in the middle of a panini press still. So, I just... (laughs) I just... All the days are the same. All the weeks are the same. Yeah, now it's too cold to go outside, so... Yeah. Yeah, it's too cold to go outside, so I've just been in here. Yeah, same. It's been dark... It's been snowing. Right now, it's like it was like flurrying this morning. Like, mm-hmm. so, which I love snow, but it's just so dark. <laughs> I know you were so, so excited to tell me about the snow last week, and now you're like, all right, fuck this snow. It's too cold and dark. Yes. <laughs> so, I feel yeah, you. I don't know what, I don't even know what happened this week, to be totally honest. I swear I hit Monday and Tuesday happened. Which is like the day days I have class, mm-hmm. and then after that, I swear like Wednesday I thought it was Thursday and it wasn't, and I was very upset about that. Like the whomp, whole day, whomp, whomp. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, that's how my week was. It's just same old, same old, same old. I have, yeah, after I finish recording this episode, I have to go back and do, I have some schoolwork to do. I'm mm-hmm. in a drawing class and I, oh, that class makes me so it's uncomfortable, testing you. man. <laughs> it's testing everything about my life. Like, it makes me so uncomfortable because I wanted to be, I think it's the OCD or like anxiety. It brings out a lot of that mm-hmm. because... I want, I'm, I always want things to be perfect. Yeah. And when it comes to drawing, it is very easy to be like, oh, I want this to be perfect. And so that's got me like on 10. And then it prevents me from actually doing the work because I want it to be perfect, but mm-hmm. I can't draw, but I'm, and I'm trying to learn how to draw, but I have these assignments to do, but I want the drawing to be perfect. And it's just, I'm just spiraling and I have to, 
I have to really like suck myself out of it and be like, okay, you have to get to a point where you have to actually put pencil to paper. And so that's what I've been doing. I did that yesterday and um, I have to do that today because my assignment's due tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You got but... it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, that, but yeah, that's, the, you know, I... it's kind of the point of like, what is it? It's like an intro class or... Yeah, it's like drawing yeah. one. That's, that's kind yeah. of the, the point, though. You have to test out all these different things, see what your strengths are, you know, see what new things it really interest you. And I don't know, maybe yeah. maybe you'll you'll like some sort of, uh, um, I don't know, what would they call it, a drawing strategy or like a, a technique, I guess. Maybe you'll, yeah. maybe yeah, you'll yeah, yeah, end up yeah. preferring, uh, you know, a specific technique and and uh kind of run with it from there but it's good that you're yeah, trying all this fair. new stuff i mean i know you don't really have a choice because you have to take some of these classes but <laughs> yeah it's good <laughs> yeah but but yeah it's been a nice break from doing cad stuff all the time like being on the computer working in a program all that stuff it's a nice departure from that which i'm really really liking because yeah it's just a nice break yeah but yeah. Okay. Well, let's transition into our main topic today, which we're I don't know what title I'm gonna give this, mm-hmm. but we're it's um we're gonna be talking about personal finance. We're gonna <laughs> So last year <laughs> so last year we did an episode called Racism in Finance or in Personal Finance. And you should definitely go listen to that before you listen to this episode. Um, that's kind of like an intro, intro to like us talking about finance. That's something that Amber and I, well, a lot Amber, but I'm also very interested in personal finance, obviously, because I, yeah. I make money. Um, and I think it's important for black um, millennials, young people to be talking about finance because nine times out of ten you're the people who don't make any money and so when we do make money I think it's important for us to know what to do with it how to do with how to do with it how to do stuff with it and you know elevate our situations as much as we possibly can so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah agreed so yeah. I mean just um to kind of piggyback off of that, I, I feel like when we do see, and this might be a point that I brought up in our last episode when we were talking about this stuff, but I feel like we, you know, through like social media and TV and movies and things like that, when we see successful Black people, it, it feels unattainable because I, I think because there's there's a gap. It's like you have average people like us who, you know, aren't really making that much money and, you know even if we are, it's, it's not, um, you know, we're not, we're not seeing people who are just wealthy, right? We're not seeing a lot of like good representation of wealthy black people. And so when we do see them, they're like superstars, you know, you think about like Beyonce and Jay-Z and, you know, actresses and actors and and things like that, where they're, they have like this crazy, like, you know, almost like unimaginable amounts of money, but we're also not seeing people who are just well off who you know maybe are millionaires but like you know they call them like secret millionaires where it's like you don't really know 
their financial situation. You just know that they're well off. But I, I just feel like we don't really see a lot of that. So for for us, for average people, or even people who who don't have any money, it's it's hard to feel like that's something that you can achieve when the only you know representation that you see of it is like these people who are like way up on the top you know I I guess that's just my my main thought yeah no I agree there is I mean we all know there's like a class gap between the rich and the poor and I agree a lot of the people a lot of the black people that we see in our community that have money are like rich beyond a lot of ours like wildest dreams they're not we don't see like the wealthy people or um people who are just like doing well for themselves Mm -hmm. it's usually just um people who are like super rich you know what we don't see a lot of people who are doing well for themselves that are content hmm hmm okay i feel like we're i mean because we live in a capitalist society we're constantly bombarded with images of people who are doing well but constantly constantly want more and not to say that wanting more is like a bad thing but there are people out there who are doing well for themselves and are content they just want to be that way and that's fine as well so I feel like a lot of times we don't see a middle ground of like poor the middle ground of like you know the classes so yeah and i think so, another yeah. thing too is um i think when you think of those people that i'm referring to like those secret millionaires or those people who you you realize they're well off and they're you know wealthy but they're not like ridiculously rich like i i typically when i think of people in that kind of like subgroup i think of like doctors and lawyers and you know business owners and and those sort of people but again we're we're underrepresented we we don't really see a lot of successful black business owners we don't really see a lot of successful black doctors and lawyers and you know those sort of people who again you know they they have that like obtainable level of wealth and success but you know it's just lacking and i think that just um keeps a lot of people down because it, it feels like it's not obtainable, you know? Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah, I'm 100% agree. All right, so I have some um, questions. This is going to be more of, like, a background. So this is still, like, an intro to person. This is still, like, I don't want to say intro, but we're getting into... We're not getting into the nitty-nitty-gritty this episode, mm-hmm. so... Um, maybe in the next episode that we talk about finance, we'll get into more details, but over time when we talk more about this stuff, we'll get more into, we'll share more details about what we do and things that we know and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, so today we're just going to answer like some questions, like four questions that I have to like get us to talk about, um, starting talking about more about personal finance that was I said that weird but okay anyway um (laughs) what was your relationship to money growing up I will preface this question by saying that I'm pretty sure 
I've heard um, the financial diet ask this question to its guests. So if it sounds familiar, that is probably where I got it from. I'm not 100% sure because I haven't watched the financial diet channel in a very long time, but I'm pretty sure that's where I got the question from. So no one try to come for me. Um, but yeah, <laughs> what was your relationship to money growing up? Uh, okay, good question. Um, I think growing up, you know, obviously we're very influenced by what we see our parents and our family do. And with my family, I mean, we were, and I know we've kind of touched on this before in other episodes, different topics, but, you know, we were, we were pretty middle class. We had, um, we had some, some issues with things like my parents were unemployed, um, at different times and, you know, things like with the, you know, financial crisis and the recession and, you know, the uh, like 2008 2009 that was a really difficult time and um you know okay so I will say my my parents used to be good with money and when they were in the air force together they 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 even had like an investing club and they were doing all these things and you know taking advantage of um their benefits as you know enlisted servicemen and women and you know, they were doing, they were doing good. And this is just, you know, what I've heard them talk about in the past. But I think once they had kids that kind of shifted and, you know, obviously their priorities shifted and, you know, they, they got out of the Air Force and they went into normal civilian work and, and, you know, I think that just, um, changed things up for them. So when I was growing up, I noticed it was a lot of, um, you know, we, we would we would spend money on things, but it wouldn't ever be without, um, it, it, you could, you could tell when we had money, when we didn't have money, like when my mom and dad's paychecks were good and, you know, we had extra money left over. And then you could also tell when we were just like, you know, paycheck to paycheck. And, and so that was really, um, reflected, I think, in, in where we lived. And so, like when I was a baby and like my first few years of my life, uh, my parents had built their own home and we lived there until it was about four and things were good then. They were like fresh out of the military. They had really good jobs um, or they, they were in the process of, of transitioning out of the military, um, but they had really good jobs and good prospects. But um, I don't exactly remember why, but we ended up moving from Virginia to Florida. And I think the main reason was because my parents were there, they were like heavy IT people. And I think something, something brought them to back to Florida. And, it, you know, it's probably like family, um, cause my family's from there. But anyway, so when we moved down there, things like pretty much immediately got more difficult. And I just remember, um, you know, we were renting from a family member and, you know, you could, you could tell like my parents were like arguing more and they were stressed more and, you know, it wasn't really fun. Um, you know, and then again, you know, like the cycle would repeat, like we would go through these tough times where things were really stressful and it was obvious we didn't have any money and then we'd be doing good. And like my parents would move to a new house or, you know, we would all of a sudden like our Christmases would be better and, you know, more extravagant or whatever. Um, but it kind of just like ebbed and flowed. And I think that really, um, it kind of just created this, this thought where I felt like 
I could never really keep up with with how they were feeling about things like it, it felt like when when we didn't have money it was like overnight like we just didn't have money and so things would just kind of get upended and you know we would move from like a big house to a small apartment and that happened a few times and you know or like um my dad would sell off a bunch of stuff and you know you know things like that would happen and so I think um once I went into my teenage years and I started working and making my own money, I started spinning just like they did. If I was making money, you know, like my summer jobs and stuff like that. But if I was making money and I had good paychecks, I would be spinning that shit. I'd be like, oh, I got to catch up with all the stuff I wanted to buy when I didn't have any money. You know, I would do the same thing. And it was very obvious to see that it was just I, it was just a reflection of what I saw growing up. So if I had money, I would spend it. And if I didn't have money, I would be miserable and you know down and whatever but it pretty much mimicked what what I saw my parents do I think so that's my long-winded answer (laughs) no you're good you're good that was really good oh man yeah I I feel the same um I had the very like similar experiences to you I was I would say yeah, I'm pretty sure I was poor growing up. Um, mm. My, I lived in a single parent home for the first eight years of my life. Um, granted, like I did, I was around family, um, though, so it wasn't just me and the parent that uh, raised me. But um, I had like um, other family members to help out, so I didn't feel. Um, yeah, so I didn't feel poor, but, um, we definitely were, um, and it was, yeah, I I agree with you. Like it it would always fluctuate. We'd move around, um, every couple years for whatever reason money was tight or money was good or, um, I also, I'm from New York originally, so I just lived in a lot of apartments. I never lived in a house until, we moved to Virginia. Um, so there's that, but also like New York real estate is just expensive Mm -hmm. as hell. So, (laughs) um, but yeah, um, I remember one time it's funny cause like something that I wish happened growing up was that, um, my parents were a bit more honest with me about Mm -hmm. what was going on versus just pretending like I didn't see what was happening because yeah. I have yeah. eyes. <laughs> like, so, so yeah, like, I remember one time we lived in, we literally lived in someone's basement. Um, and, like, our stuff was just, like, everywhere in that person's basement. And um, I remember, I vividly, I I don't think I'll ever forget this. Um, I remember I, like, had lost my tooth. And I, like, totally believed in the tooth fairy back then. Sorry to any children that listens to this podcast. (laughs) Um, And I, yeah, I, and um, I put my tooth under my pillow. And I, like, woke up. And I think there was, like, maybe 10 or $20 or something like that. Or maybe five. I don't remember. There was money underneath um, my pillow and instead of keeping it, I gave it to my dad. Oh, wow. Yeah. And which when I, and then when I like 
got a little older, I realized that he's the one who mm-hmm. I gave him his money back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was like kind of funny, but like also like I don't know. That's just like very like clearly like I understood what was going on in the situation, and I decided instead of keeping this money, I would give it to someone who needed it more than me. And that is, so, like, that's, like, a very good example of, like, you know, kids just, like, know what's going on. Like, they they really do. And, like, every time I start thinking about it, it makes me want to cry because it was bad. um, Wow, you totally just unlocked a very similar thing for me, too. Um, Yeah. No, I'll tell you when you finish it, but. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so, um. I will say, yeah, so growing up, like, I understood that there wasn't a lot of money, and so, um, I'm pretty sure I was a kid and I would ask for stuff and things like that, but, um, after a while, especially when I became, like, a preteen, teenager, I stopped asking for stuff, because A, usually the answer was no, but that's for other reasons, and, well, money, well, there was no money, but... I stopped asking for other reasons. And then, um, yeah, also, I just felt bad. Like, so we, so we moved to Virginia and, um, we, we pretty much moved to Virginia with nothing. We, like, still, like, I, we still didn't have anything, but, um, you know, my parents got steady jobs and you know, really wanted to start building their careers, and my stepmom went back to school and, um, and got a degree and, uh, you know, got a job and stuff like that, and, um, I do remember the 2008, um, 2009 recession or whatever, and my dad actually got fired from his job in, like, 2008, and but they had been diligently saving and um one thing about so sorry before 2008 like from the time we moved to Virginia to 2008 uh, my parents had been diligently saving and being very like frugal and they also had like my brother and um and very resourceful about, like, their money and, like, really trying to, um, save up money and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, they were, like, trying to get their money together and, um, and stuff like that. But I honestly don't remember anyone really teaching me anything. I remember, like, anytime I had money, like, either my parents gave me money for something or I got money for birthdays or Christmas or something like that, I would always get ridiculed for spending it and not saving mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And it never made me want to save it. It just made me want to spend it more. Because <laughs> I was just like, well, A, you're not teaching me how to save it. You're not helping me set up a bank account. You're not, like, saying, hey, like, how about we save, like, half of this money and we'll put it in this account and so that, um, and this ha- this is how, like, um, a savings account works where, like, you put money into it, it 
as you know you get some interest in it and the money grows like there wasn't a lot of that going on it was more so like oh you have money and you just blew it on candy or whatever that you wanted so you're stupid and it's like I don't know what else to do with it mm-hmm. I thought money was to buy goods yeah. like you use money to buy stuff that you want how come I can't right, do that with right. my own money yeah so I didn't really know like I didn't really like do anything with my money and um yeah so any like you like any money that I got it was automatically spent on food, mostly food, because candy is good. (laughs) (laughs) So, but, yeah, or, like, just random stuff that I wanted. But, yeah, any any money that I got, it was automatically spent. And, yeah, so I, I feel like, yeah, that was my relationship to money. It was... It wasn't good. It wasn't good Mm -hmm. at all. Like, I, I pretty much had no relationship to money. Yeah, I spent it as fast as I got it. Right. Well, yeah. I think I think my understanding was, if you have it, you can use it. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. really. I I got. I understood that you could save it for you know something else, but I didn't. I I didn't have anything that I wanted that would require saving up for. And you know, maybe yeah. it was like you know a pair of shoes that I really wanted or something. But yeah, I saved up for a couple weeks and I had my money to spend on my you know. $60 item or whatever. I, I never had like lofty savings goals because I didn't, I, I felt like I didn't need anything that was lofty. And I, I think that's just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, my parents were, were good in the sense where they, you know, obviously they made sure I had everything I needed, but mm-hmm. they, they went out of their way Same for here. sure. I noticed they went out of their way to, to get me, you know, these high ticket things that I would want. Maybe I'd have to wait, you know, a few months for it or whatever, but you know, I, I, I didn't um, have to sacrifice a lot of my own money for that type of stuff. But I, I did want to go back to the Tooth Fairy thing because I just, I just remembered something similar happened to me. And um, I think I was probably about seven. I think it was seven. You know, right, right at the age where you're just starting to drop like your first, you know, few teeth or whatever. Uh, I was probably like six or seven. But I lost... I. I think this was my very first tooth that I lost. So I lost my tooth. I put it under my pillow. And that just happened to be the same night that my grandma brought her dog to stay with us. And so we were, like, getting used to having a dog in the house. We we didn't have pets, you know, prior to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were getting used to having the dog in the house. And I wanted the dog to sleep in my bed in my room so badly. So I left my door open. And, you know, I, I at some point I, like... I think I woke up and saw her kind of like walking around the house or whatever. But when I woke up in the morning, my tooth was gone. I had $7. And I remember I looked at that and I cried and cried and cried. And my parents were like, like, why are you crying? It's, you know, it's your money. You, you deserve it. Cause you lost your tooth. Blah, blah. And I just remember like sobbing. And I told them like, I felt guilty because I felt like the dog had come in while the tooth fairy was there and scared her into dropping more money under my pillow or something. And so I took, I think I took like the $2 and I gave my parents the five back. And my mom was like, no, no, it's yours. It's yours. Keep it. I was like, I don't want it. And it was like blood money to me. So I got rid of it. That's so. But yeah, you know. How did you come up with that? I don't know. I used to have these crazy vivid like 
dreams and stuff. But anyways, yeah. So I think I took, I saved like the $2. I kept the $2. I was like, this is, you you could have this five. I don't want it. I don't want it. You know, I was like, I just would not take it. I think they ended up like, you know, giving it to me the next time I lost a tooth anyway. But yeah, (laughs) but but that was kind of the thing too, um, that I realized like when I was in college, I felt like when I had money, I felt guilty for having it. And I, I don't know where that that's come from, but I I think to this day, I still feel a little bit of guilt when I have money in my account because I know that it, it's, I, I think like, I just think about how much money my parents have, you know, shelled out over the decades for me. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I feel like I, I'm like indebted to them and I should be, you know, paying them back for stuff like, you know, like just random shit. Like my first car, like I didn't buy that car. My my parents bought it for me. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it was like a used older car, but it I didn't have to pay those thousands of dollars for it. So I can't, you know, I, I feel like I still feel really indebted to them. And I think that's my motivation a lot of my motivation to have wealth is so that I can feel comfortable with providing for them and kind of like you know paying them back after all these years but yeah I don't know (laughs) it's it's weird it's weird (laughs) yeah no I I think that's totally understandable I think a lot of people from what I've seen a lot of people who are minorities or don't come from money from what I've seen, this is just, yeah, um, that, you know, I've seen, I've heard that story before. They feel indebted to their parents for making sacrifices for them, for doing a lot of things that they, that, you know, they did. I will say though, like, you know, A, you're, you're, you were a child, so whatever your parents did for you, that what they were supposed to do mm-hmm. so I mean like even though like you know your parents don't have to get you a car they don't have to get you like the latest stuff that's totally fine but at the same time like it was their choice to have you and it was their choice to give you those things so I don't think I mean easier said than done to be like you know don't feel indebted to them because <laughs> you know you feel the way you feel but also you know don't let that like stop you from feeling good about the sacrifices that you've made to get where you are Mm. now Mm. because your parents made those sacrifices and their parents before them made those sacrifices so that you can be where you are right now and do the things that you do yeah and yeah so so yeah I, but I totally understand what you're saying, and I feel like a lot of people resonate with that. So yeah, okay. So you did bring this up, but um, how did you navigate money in college? Mm-hmm. I'll I'll start. Um, I did not. And <laughs> <laughs> it, it was college was when I recognized that I did not know how to save at all oh yeah clearly like i don't li- think like i could did. not i could not keep money in my bank account to save my life overdrafts like, out the ass for me yes <laughs> yes 
I should not be going to Chipotle, but I'm going to But I'm to going to spend right my now. last $8 on Last Chipotle. $8 <laughs> on fucking Chipotle. So, yeah, I, yeah, I could. So, if you're in college still, like, trust me, yeah, we've all been there. Like, I just could not. Overdraft fees up the ass. Like, overdraft fees should be illegal. They should be illegal. Because why are you charging poor people for not having money? Why don't you just um, decline their card when they're there? And be like, hey, like, I can't, you, you can't take the money out. That's true. They've changed it up but in recent whatever. years, so it's not as bad. But I I specifically remember one time I overdrafted, and it was like for every day you didn't clear the overdraft, they would tack on another, like, yes. $40 or something. I had, like, negative 400-something dollars in my account. My mom yeah. was pissed. But again, she helped me out. She helped me pay it up back. So yeah. I had, like, a positive $30 after all that, after I begged her to help me, but that was, that was a lot of money to just, yeah, you know, just go literally to no one but the bank. Yeah. yeah. Was, so. That was a reality check. So, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, I did, I got a job halfway through college, which my parents hated. Like, my parents were pissed that I got a job. But I really. My parents I loved really... that. We had the same job, right? Yeah, we worked, the, we did yes. the same stuff. Yeah. But my parents wanted me to focus on education and not, like, having a job mm. and, like, going to school. But I think that at the time... At the time that I got a job, I recognized that I wasn't... I think a part of me recognized that this... Where I was, I was not happy and it wasn't where... It wasn't going to set me free. And getting a job helped me achieve a lot of the things that I would go on to do. But, um, yeah, I think, yeah, so, and I, yeah, I just realized that, like, yeah, not that, like, school wasn't for me or anything, but I just, I felt like having a job and having my own money would grant me a lot more freedoms than... I had at that time that I, um, I had gotten my, I guess that was my, well, it was my second job, but like my first real job. Hmm. Um, but yeah. And even then, I mean, I will say I saved money. I saved money. I worked enough and I saved enough money to like pay rent every month. I wasn't on time all the time. (laughs) <laughs> but, um, and, like, to pay my bills and to, like, feed myself sometimes. But, like, other than that, like, I still wasn't great at money. But I will say I wasn't making... Part of being able to be good at money is to also be able to make enough. Mm-hmm. And, and I think... When we say being good at money, we mean that people really mean that you're making enough money to have an excess. Like once you pay off all of your bills and stuff like that, you're not in the negative. You're not in the red. You're in the green. And you're And some of that money can go somewhere to help you do better. So that's what people mean when they say being good at money. I'm using air quotes. You can't see them. Um, so... At that time when I was in college, I wasn't 
if I was in the green, it was maybe twenty thirty dollars. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. I was working part time, and then we had a cap with our job. Like we could only work up to a certain amount of hours a week. Yeah, and I think that number was between like twenty three, twenty five. Yeah, it was like twenty five hours. I think. I think that was like, and, and that was a lot for some people. Yes. But yeah, myself and I and, was hitting that mm-hmm. every week. I was going to say, but myself and other people, I know we were maxing that shit out all the time. Yeah. And we weren't making much. We were making like eight fifty, eight twenty five. That's right. Like that. Yeah, because that was the thing. The, the thing that drew me to that job. Okay, we worked like campus security. So it wasn't, it yeah. wasn't anything serious. We basically just did like resident hall, um, dorm, dorm housing security, yeah. but... I remember what specifically drew me to that job over all the other jobs on campus was it was the highest paying student job. Yeah, it was the highest paying job. And the hours were so It was the so, highest paying so job with the hours. Yes. Because there were jobs that were paying like $10 an hour. But, but you could you only, only work like, like mm-hmm. 10 hours exactly. a week or something exactly. like that. So like the cost yeah. versus hours, like it made the most sense. Yeah. And it was like the most flexible because it, it was 24-7. Right, right. So someone was always sitting at, you know, the desk and stuff. Because we, we went to school in the city. So, you know, you had to have some sort of yeah. eyes on who's coming in and out at any time of day. But yeah, I remember it was, that was what drew me into it was one, I could make a lot of money and two the hours were flexible so I would just work overnights and mm-hmm, you know same. that was when I did my studying and did my schoolwork and stuff and yeah, yeah it was it was good but it's still I mean it's still a student job and you still have all this other stuff that you're responsible for so it really wasn't that much money <laughs> yeah no it wasn't yeah so so yeah that was that's I that's how I navigated money in college I just I didn't at all whatsoever I don't yeah I don't know how I survived I mean meal plans but that was part of my tuition so yeah my parents paid for that but yeah yeah how about you so I I will say my freshman and maybe like most of my sophomore year I was in the same boat I did not I did not watch my spending. I was maxing shit out to, you know, go to Chipotle or go out with friends or, you know, just buy clothes that I didn't even wear and shit like that. But um, I I think a catalyst for me, apart from like that, that incident with the overdraft thing where I was like, oh my God, this is just, you know, I gotta, I gotta stop overdrafting my account just just because, you know, like, um, one of the other thing I think that really helped me was my roommate, um, my sophomore year, she was, and she still is, she's extremely good with money. And I know she's probably like, I, I know she listens to this stuff. So <laughs> shout out to her. I'm not going to mention her name just in case she didn't want me to, but yeah, she's, she's excellent with money. And she, I just, I just learned so much from her because she was like the most responsible person I knew at the time. And so I would see her, she would, you know, she'd be, she'd have her, her money and she'd do her, her schoolwork and everything like that. But she was always buying like cheap food, stuff that didn't take a lot of money to buy. It didn't take very long to cook. She could eat it and not get bored of it. Like she was doing that stuff. And so I was watching her, but you know, then I would go to the store and, and like have her in mind and like, Oh, what, what would she do? You know? And then I'd end up like, you know, buying whatever. But I, I also figured out like, I could use coupons and that takes the price down. I could, you know, start using these loyalty programs where, you know, especially with, with a college campus, they always have deals going on where it's like, oh, you know, you come to this restaurant 
three times this month mm-hmm. and you get a free whatever the hell. And so, you know, I was like starting to take advantage of that stuff, not just from the, um, you know, whimsicalness of it, but from the like, this is actually useful and I'm actually saving money, you know? So it'd be like, mm-hmm. you know, if my friends wanted to go out, I might recommend that place over another place or, or, you know, if we went out, I would get a water. And, and I think that was, you know, stuff that that's pretty common in college. Like you, you find these little, um, these little tweaks here and there that you can do that don't really hurt you that bad, but they make a huge difference. Like not mm-hmm. ordering soda when I went out. Cause you know, we couldn't drink it yeah. anyway. We were, you know, young and under 21. So we couldn't drink anyway. So it's not like you're going to go and, and get a drink at the bar or whatever. But uh, we couldn't drink legally. We couldn't anyway. drink legally. But, <laughs> you know, but yeah, if you order water, like it's who who cares if you don't have a fucking Pepsi? Like that's not like a deal breaker for a good meal or whatever. And so apart from that, um, you know, like Celeste was saying, we had these these jobs that we were you know, maxing our hours out. Cause one, it's like, okay, well, if I don't have anything to do on a Wednesday afternoon, I'm going to go to work because that's one, that's something for me to do. And I'm making money for, you know, what I'm doing. So, you know, I was maxing that out. And when I got to my senior year, um, after I lived with Celeste, I moved off campus and I had my own place and I, but I had my own bills. So I remember my studio was like, now thinking back, I'm like, I can't believe I paid that much for my shitty ass, like 300 square foot studio. But I remember my studio was 750 a month, all utilities included. And the money I made from work was like just barely enough for me to pay my bills and then get groceries and, you know, take care of all the other stuff. So I actually started, um, like, I started my own little mini business and I was buying and selling stuff. Uh, So I would like buy stuff in the stores and then sell it online and make a profit. And that was really what kept me going was like, because I realized, you know, a couple months in, into my, um, you know, living off campus, I realized I wasn't, I would have to call my parents and ask for help with bills. And I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do that anymore because I felt like they'd already helped me enough. And you know, if I wanted to be on my own and be self-sufficient, I can't, I can't ask them to, you know, lend me a hundred dollars every freaking two weeks so I can pay some sort of bill I forgot about. So, you know, I started grinding. I really, um, I don't know. I, I guess I just really started to realize the value of having your own money and being able to take care of your own stuff without, um, you know, uh, bothering other people with it. But it, yeah, it, it took me until I was like 20 to, to realize that it's important to not max out your, your you know, account and not overdraft and not, you know, spend money on stuff that's not going to matter two days from now anyway. So, you know, I started doing, doing other things like uh, if I was going to order something from Amazon, I'd let it sit in my cart for a couple of days so that I wouldn't impulse buy all the time or, you know, if, if we were... Um, you know, my friends and I were trying to figure out something to do and they're like, oh, let's go shopping, blah, blah. You know, I'd say, no, let's stay here and, you know, do something free or like do something on campus because it was free or cheap or whatever. Or, you know, if we had parties and stuff, like we would get like bottom shelf shitty liquor instead. You know, oh, yeah, because yeah, there's always someone yeah. who's like, oh, we can, if we all put in $10, we can get a bottle of whatever the fuck. Like, no, if we all put in $10, we can all get 10 different bottles of, you know, whatever. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> so, and I, I know that doesn't really Burnett's. Yeah. yeah. Like, Burnett's. Oh God, don't talk to me about that right now. Yeah. Burnett's is like <laughs> like you know you see like bottom shelf liquor and it's like super cheap. Burnett's is below the bottom shelf. That's like you know what's floor. below Burnett's Pinnacle. Pinnacle no is way. trash. No way. Yes. No, Aristocrat. Pinnacle's absolutely disgusting. Aristocrat is is on is on that that low shelf too. Oh, uh, I don't I don't think I ever had. Ooh, that. Sh- if I you ever want to know what rubbing alcohol tastes like, you can drink Aristocrat vodka. Well, I've had Everclear, so there's that. Oof. But <laughs> Hey, that's that's um, another um yeah. that's another uh uh alcohol hack though. If you gotta stretch what you got, you gotta get some Everclear. <laughs> oh, it goes a long please. way. <laughs> okay, well, Everclear is illegal in certain states. That's so. true. That's true. All right. Yeah. Well. Anyway. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. That was good. No, I I love that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I I will say yeah, I agree that um. When it comes to when I moved out on my own senior year, um, as well, I, yeah, it was, I never actually never asked. I, I since I've been living on my own since um, like twenty eleven, I asked my parents for money once, mm-hmm. and I really when I when I got my job and I knew my parents were pissed about it. I made it a point yeah. because they were pissed about it. I made it a point to be like, I will never yeah. ask them for money because they already don't like the fact that I did this. And they already fa- don't like the fact that I got a job. And then I told my parents that I was moving off campus and <laughs> they didn't like that either. Um, And I, yeah, they didn't like that either. And when I found a place, like, I remember my dad coming in because he wanted to see the place that I was living in. Because mm-hmm. it was my first time, like, you know. And then I, I also lived in a house with all guys, so there was that yeah. as well. <laughs> I didn't tell him all that, but um, <laughs> but I was like, there's a room and a house. and um, But it was also the only place I could find that di- they weren't going to be guarantors. And so I had to find, if I was going to live on my own, I had to find a place that would let me not have a guarantor. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of like the only place. And um, I kind of had to work with what I got. I wasn't scared, but I think my my dad was scared for me. And um, I remember he came to the house and it was like, <laughs> he did not look happy. <laughs> but I think it, he, re- I think once he like saw the room and he, he saw like I had my own bathroom yeah, and stuff like good. that and he realized that like I was doing this regardless of like how he felt about it. Yeah. And so he 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 actually bought my like my first like bed. Oh nice. So yeah and um That's good. Yeah, and so I think after that he recognized that like okay, like she's actually gonna do this and if you know, if I don't support her, then you know, what's she's the still going to do it. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so yeah. But yeah, no, I one hundred percent agree. That that year was hard. That that year was like a very like punch you in the face. Like oh oh yeah, you really got your sh- you got to get your shit together about money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, my next question is: Was there an event? that changed your 
that change how you deal with money now? Yeah, that's right. I forgot this was one of the questions. I guess I kind of jumped the gun <laughs> on that one. Um, no, you're good. Did you want to go first? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll go. Um, so, af- so the job that I have currently is like my first big girl job. Like my first like career job, I guess. I and um, I remember I was like, at the time that I started the job, I was obviously making like the most money I'd ever made. And I was like, wow, like, this is so much money. I can start doing the one thing that I've been really wanting to do, which is travel. And I remember I came to visit you. That was, like, my first trip ever. Oh, shit. Was it really? Like, by myself. Um, well, I'd been to New York once by okay. myself. But I don't count that because that's family. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was, like, my first trip Um Actually, no, I lied because I'd been to like Myrtle Beach and stuff like that. Um, you had done like, regional, like my parents and stuff. Regional stuff, yeah, close by, a few hours away. Yeah, but it was my first trip in this new job, mm-hmm. and I went to go visit Amber with some friends, and that was great. And then um, I went to Mardi Gras. Um a few months later and I don't think I've ever talked about this but I um I did not budget for that trip at all like it was bad like I it was it was bad like, I the did trip not budget was bad for, I or, went the, to, or your spending was bad both Damn. well the trip wasn't bad okay okay but um my spending was bad for that trip. Like, okay. I went, I spent all my money. Like, I went on that trip, and I had, like, practically zero dollars. Mm. Like, I had to, I had to borrow money from someone. Oh. And okay. so I could, like, eat. <laughs> like, that's how bad it was. And I was miserable, like, the rest of, I was kind yeah. of miserable, yeah. and I, I felt like I was bringing the other person I went on the trip down because I wasn't willing to spend um money because I didn't have it and I was and I didn't like tell them like my situation and what was going on and so I just felt really bad the entire trip and I felt bad for them because I felt because I wasn't being honest and it was just really like yeah. the I will say, like, there were definitely parts of the trip that, like, I loved and enjoyed, and it will always be a very fond memory, but because of the money thing, it, like, really brought the, it brought the trip down for me, and I felt so bad, because I felt like I was bringing this other person down, and I was like, I never, ever want to do that ever again, like, never never ever I never want to be in that situation I was like so pissed at myself because I was like I'm making more money now than I was before and I'm still in the same situation in which I'm still living paycheck to paycheck Mm -hmm. I was like there is something wrong and I was like I gotta figure this shit out and money was scary to me still like I wasn't really like checking for what was coming in and what was going out for real Mm -hmm. like I mean, I knew what was coming in, but, like, going out, I was like, mm, 
I don't want to, like, really think about yeah. that all the time. I'm going to just yeah. spend the money, blah, 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 whatever. Ha ha, everything's okay. And, like, after that trip, I was like, no, I cannot be doing this anymore. Like, this is the, I never want to f- be back in this place. I never want to feel this again. And I have never done that ever again. And I, like, really started to get my shit together. And, um, it's that same year, I think, like, is Mardi Gras? It was, like, February, March, April. So, like, in th- four months, I saved up enough money to... Afford- okay, so we went to Mardi Gras, and then four months later, we went to Las Vegas for my 24th birthday. And... um. I obviously, like, I paid for, like, my hotel. I was able to pay for, like, all my food and stuff. I actually saved up enough money for me and, like, six to seven other people to eat at a really nice restaurant. And, um, I paid for their meal. Like, it was, like, a package. I paid for the meal. And then later we went to, like, the club. And we had, like, a a section. And we had a bottle. Like, (laughs) like, and I saved... And that was because I literally, like... I decided... That was the event. I decided... I was like, you know what? I don't want to feel this way anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm making money now. Like, why am I still in the same place I was when I wasn't making any money? Like something is wrong and so as the kids say I got my ish together and I started really breaking my fear of money and looking at um how many works and looking at my finances and looking at you know what was in and what's coming in and what like what's going out and you know I'm not perfect today but you know I have a better relationship with looking at the math and doing the math and feeling confident and comfortable yeah. in that yeah. and and stuff like that. So, yeah, but that yeah, that was the event that like that um that changed. I wonder I don't know if the person who I went on that trip with is going to listen to this episode, but I'm so sorry to you. <laughs> and I you probably now know why I was acting like so mm. I was just acting that way when I was on that trip. I actually still have never told them, but if they listen to this episode, they will hear it. But yeah, so, so yeah, <laughs> what about you? Yeah, no, I actually had a similar thing happen um, twice, I think, um, with with trips. So my first, my first trip or like, you know, travel venture on my own was actually out of the country because I'm crazy. And I thought that would be a great idea. So what I did was I, I say, I, you know, I was putting aside money for my job and, you know, I like had got some money for Christmas and I was like, Oh, this is perfect. This will help me, you know, get uh, for my trip. Right. And so what happened was I, I, I remember I had like this lull in my classes like and this was I think uh, I want to say it was like January like mid-January and there, for some reason it was you know it's just like kind of like that slump that happens when you come back from classes or come back from break and there's not a lot of stuff going on so I thought it would be a good time um, to go I, I'm trying to remember if this was January or March 
when was this? When was this? No, it was, was March. This for your birthday? I went in March. Around your birthday? Yeah, that's right. The, my first trip, I went in March. And it was because my friend's birthday was is also pretty close to mine. I, I remember this now. Okay, so yeah, I had saved my Christmas money and there was like the lull. And I think the lull was probably because it was like spring break and I'm just blanking on my mm -hmm. whatever happened. But anyways, I booked a ticket to Scotland. I, I wanted to fly to visit my friend because she was living in and studying in Scotland. And I booked the ticket and I told my parents after I had already paid for it. And I was like, oh, too late. You can't tell me I can't go because I'm not getting a refund, you know. And um, it, it was, that trip was fun. But the problem was I didn't budget enough. I didn't realize that I was probably going to run out of money very quickly. And that's exactly what happened. I was there for like 10 days. And so a few things happened that, that really... Um, kind of jack things up and this was stuff again it's like now I know and now I do that now I plan for this type of stuff but I didn't realize all the stuff that could go wrong and so one the major thing that went wrong that should have told me from the start this trip was not going to go the way I wanted it to was I missed my flight because I <laughs> I booked it <laughs> I'm just just saying this out loud now makes me feel like the biggest idiot but okay we were in school in Virginia and instead of me flying out of Virginia or like the DC area, I booked my ticket to fly out of JFK in New York because it was like $300 cheaper than booking it from somewhere where I could actually mm -hmm. just get to it in a couple hours. And so what happened was I went home and I'd like spent the night at my parents' house. And then I had my dad drive me to the Amtrak in DC. I got on the Amtrak with my shit. And this just happened to be the same day of this massive snowstorm that like was like once in a decade doesn't happen in Virginia, but it was, it dumped like two feet of snow or something crazy like that. They called it fucking snowmageddon. Like I should have known that this was just going to be bad. So I get on this train, this Amtrak and I'm doing good. I'm doing okay. Like got there on time, got on the train. As soon as we leave from DC to get up to New York, the guy comes up, the conductor comes on. He's like, hey, we're, we got to run at half power. We just, there's too much snow. We can't, we can't max all our stuff out. So everything is going to be a lot slower. You got to expect delays. And I'm like, fuck. So we get to, to New York and I still have, I get to New York. They, they drop us off like in New York and I still have to get to JFK. And my flight is like an hour from when my train yeah. finally pulled in. You got dropped off in Manhattan? I got dropped off Penn at, at Man uh, where was it? Um, Penn Station? Penn, yes, Penn Station. So, Manhattan. get off the oh, train. And I'm like, oh my god, I have to figure... Like, it, this whole time, like, all this crap has been happening. So, this, this trip that was supposed to take, like, four or five hours on the train took, like, seven and a half, almost eight hours. And that was all of my extra time that I was going to use to get to the airport and check in and blah, blah, blah. So, I fighting my way through all this stuff i get on the train i get to the airport literally i get there and the i was so late that the gate like the the check-in counter was closed like they had already closed all that stuff up because it was the last flight um for this airline for the day they had already closed it there was nobody there i couldn't even check in i missed the flight i got to the airport and i think the flight took off like 20 minutes after i got there so i was like super late so so that was that was something shitty that happened. So 
I, you know, I called my parents. I'm like crying, like, I don't know what to do. Blah, blah, blah. You know, my parents were like, well, I guess you should just come home, you know, because I remember I was like bragging to them like, oh, I got this ticket and I'm not refunding it. I'm, I'm taking this flight. So what happened was I um, ended up staying in a hotel and this hotel in itself, this was like strike number two for me. This hotel was so sketchy, like the door to my room didn't even lock. And so I pushed the dresser in front of the door. And I was staying in this like shitty, shitty hotel in Queens, like a Howard Johnson, like crappy, crappy hotel. Um, but I woke up the next morning and my parents had called me and they said, hey, we're, we'll, we'll buy you a ticket. Like this, we bought you another ticket. It's going to leave at noon. Like just get back to the airport, get there early. Don't fuck around, blah, blah, blah. So I'm, you know, I'm like, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, you know, obviously I owed them for that and I had to pay them back. But I get on there, I get the flight, everything's fine land uh land in london transfer fly up to edinburgh my friend picks me up we go to the baggage claim my freaking bags aren't there they lost they left my shit and <laughs> they left my bags in new york <laughs> so i didn't have luggage for like three days i didn't have any of my clothes or anything i just had what i had in my backpack which luckily was like tooth toothpaste toothbrush and like medication and stuff like that so I, I I didn't have any of my shit. So I'm walking around the same clothes I've been wearing. So I had to buy new clothes. That was more money coming out of my account. Like all this shit had happened, right? And so we get through like the first full week of my trip. And then I realized like, I don't have any fucking money left. And I'm not trying to ask my friend to buy all my shit for me. Because she also, you know, is not, not flush with cash. So I spent the whole trip we, we spent the whole trip just bumming it and she we were trying to do all this stuff that was like super cheap and you know didn't cost a lot of money and you know we would like take public transportation then get lost and have to walk back because we didn't have enough money to get back and you know just like stupid shit like that I wish we had just done a better job for but that really like uh well the, on the plus side it gave me the travel bug because I love that trip but on the downside, I was like, I'm never doing this shit again. Cause it was embarrassing more than anything. It was just, it's just embarrassing not having money. So I think that was like a really big, big catalyst for me. And I, I, I feel like that whole story was just like someone <laughs> listening is just like, wow, what an idiot. But like, really, I was so no, desperate to go no. on this trip that I was willing to literally bankrupt myself. <laughs> yeah. But I think. But obviously, like, you learned a lot from that. I yeah, I think yeah. in both stories, like, we both learned a lot from... And in both of those stories, we both could have just been, like, fuck traveling. Like, this is too much yeah. work. This is too much of a hassle. Like, I can't believe I lost out on so much money or blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, like, that could have totally just been the end for us. But we decided to just do better and be better for that reason and and I feel like that outweighs a lot of the negatives or the bad things that had happened because mm -hmm. at the end of the day like even though like you know those things happen I still there were so many good memories that I had from that trip and that you had from that trip the trip that you took mm -hmm. and like, I don't think it was, yeah, I don't, I mean, I personally don't think anything that you did was stupid or dumb or whatever. I, I just, found you just didn't know. <laughs> you just, you just didn't know. It was your first experience and you didn't know. I mean, 
I personally know that you shouldn't be taking no goddamn Amtrak to New York, but I'm also from New York and I travel. (laughs) So, like, so I know that because I have that kind of experience, but you just didn't. So you just didn't know. And you thought, you know, I'm pretty sure the Amtrak was just, you know, one of the cheapest things, or maybe you just wanted to ride the train, Mm -hmm. you know, you... How could you know that, like, Snowmageddon was coming, like, two, three months before you booked your trip, booked your ticket or whatever? Like, so, I mean, those, I don't know, maybe I'm, like, too optimistic or whatever, but that's just, like, things that, you know, shit, sometimes shit just happens and... Yeah. I I think because we grew from that, I think that's really great. And, yeah, I don't think it's dumb or stupid or whatever like I mean yeah it feels like that 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 feeling of embarrassment and stuff like that like that sucks and sometimes you know that stays with you but I feel like now we can look back and be like damn (laughs) like and just kind of laugh and be like man like I'm glad I grew from that because I take better trips now I do better planning yeah my my friend and I laugh about that shit all the time because she's like oh remember when we just ate pasta with pesto for like a week <laughs> and it sucked too because we we went shopping we were we were like okay well the easiest thing to do to save money or you know keep money so we can do stuff is to eat most of our meals at home or you know at her place so yeah. we went shopping a couple times and we went to like uh there, there's a store if you've heard of aldi there's another like very discounted Lovely. like similar similar uh store called Lidl or Lidl Lidl and um I remember we went there and we got like some pasta we got pesto we got like a bunch of basic cheap stuff and we got these sausages because we were like okay well you know we can mix things up and do some different things with that I got fucking food poisoning like I was I spent the last two days of the trip in bed like violently ill you know and it it was just like kind of like the closing of that shitty chapter um so so you know while that was like one of the main things where I was like I'm never doing this like this again the other thing that I would um say was like a positive was I discovered um financial independence and retiring early and I realized that it it is absolutely doable and anyone can can set themselves up to be able to retire early and live off of whatever they've you know, saved or accumulated and invested in, and things like that. So that was like a positive thing where I was like, oh shit, I can do this. And that, that really helped me change the way I, I managed my money. I would say, I think my mindset changed with that trip, but my, my tactics and my, um, strategies for, for, you know, personal finance changed because I, um, discovered the fire community or the financial independence retiring early community. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Okay, last question is, what are your money goals this year, and you. what's your plan of attack? <laughs> okay, I'll I'll go real I'll go first because it's real short. My goals for this year, I want to be debt free, and I, <sighs> I have a, I have a lot of money that I owe. I still have my student loans. I'm still paying that off. I have a car note that's almost done. I've been paying that off for a few years and I have credit card debt that I have accumulated from traveling and being like, oh, I'm not going to run out of money if I just charge it like stupid shit that I didn't realize. But 
I'm basically still paying off shit that I did years ago. And whereas now I'm, I think I'm much better with my money. I'm still, again, I'm still dealing with the bad decisions I made when I was in my early 20s. So one of my goals is to be debt free very soon. But I think, you know, unless something, some miracle happens, like I'm not gonna be able to pay off all the debt. But I, I would love to make a huge, huge dent in most of my stuff. Like if I could get my credit cards paid off and my car note paid off and I'm just left with my student loans or whatever, I'm, I'm happy. So, you know, the way, the best way for me to attack it obviously is to say, be very intentional with my savings. And, you know, I think one thing that I still spend a lot of money on is takeout food. And especially right now with quarantine where you know, that's the one way you can mix things up pretty easily is by having somebody else cook food for you for a change, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. I I will say we, since we moved and we've, we've been in this new place, even though we're really close to a lot of great restaurants, we're really not going out that much. We're really not, um, I wouldn't say going out, but, you know, we're really not ordering out much. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm happy about that because it's like, well, we, we kind of committed like, okay, we're going to try something new, like maybe like every other week. And for the most part, we've just been shopping and cooking and it's been fine. Like I haven't, I don't feel like sad about not having takeout food because, you know, I, I've noticed too, um, when we get takeout food, it's like almost like this, uh, this graph where you can, you get like super excited when your food gets there. You're like, oh my God, I can't wait to eat. And then like, as you eat, you're like, this really isn't that good. Like you, you can feel the Aww. the satisfaction just kind of like dropping off. You're like, this isn't really that good. Or, oh, you know, it was cold or oh, it's soggy or, oh, I paid too much for this. Or, oh, they fucked up my order. Like all this stuff happens and it just totally like decreases your satisfaction. And then you end pretty much where you started, where you were like just as okay as you were before you ordered that food. So I realized like, you know, it's it's like that instant fix, but it, it never lasts enough to make it worth it. So I think that's that's one thing. It's like, whereas, you know, maybe you spent like two hours cooking this really intricate meal and you ate it and it turned out really well. Like that's something like, you know, you kind of get like a high from that. Like, hey, that was great. I, you know, and that's something you can talk about like for days after. It's like, oh, remember I, I did that meal and it was like really good. Like you don't talk about some takeout food you had three days ago. Nope. Nobody does that. But, you know, so, you know, little things like that, that we've been tweaking that, that I think will really help. Um, that's the main thing, I think. I think I can save at least 10 grand <laughs> by not ordering takeout as much as we currently do. So hopefully things go to plan. Yeah, yeah. I Yeah, I agree. I will say um, I haven't been especially since I've moved I haven't been ordering out as much but mm-hmm. that's also because I live um in a gentrified neighborhood so there aren't a lot of um like fancy restaurants near me mm-hmm. <laughs> or restaurants in general near me um so I can order to like my place but it it's kind of far and I just haven't felt the desire to do that um too much like every once in a while I do but um I normally don't I personally do not like cooking so um yeah I don't know how I feed myself 90% of the time but I do um so yeah um but I totally feel you I've definitely saved up a I've saved 
last year I pretty much went out to lunch for work every single day. I very I used to bring my lunch, but I was like this is too much work. So I just started budgeting like me going out for lunch and cuz it was just easier for me and now I don't do that anymore. So I'm saving even more money. So yeah. Good. Um but I'm pretty sure if I have to go back into the office, I'm going to start going back <laughs> for lunch cuz but be hitting up I all your me. old spots. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I just know me. I don't like preparing food. I don't like cooking. I feel it's you. I don't like leftovers. And so anything that we cook, we I try to just say, okay, well, we got one day of leftovers at most. Yeah. And whatever else is not there, it's just not going to get eaten by me. <laughs> Maybe my partner <laughs> eats yeah. it, but not me. Yeah. I'm not a huge... I agree. I'm not a huge fan of leftovers. But yeah. Um, my money goals this year I don't know I think mostly just saving saving as much as I possibly can Mm -hmm. um that's kind of where I am um I will say I don't have I have a lot of privilege when it comes to money in the sense that like I don't have any debt really I have student loans but I don't have any credit card debt. Um, I have a car note, but I'm not... Personally, I'm not really worried about that. I was. I will say I was. But um, I was talking to my parents about this, and they were pretty much like, you know, cars cars are a depreciating asset, so... Like, cause I was like, oh, like if I had like save up enough money, like in the next year or so, I kind of want to pay it down and like put a, to like put a chunk of change towards that. And my parents were pretty much like, you know, I don't know if that's like worth, I don't know if that type of investment is worth your while because cars are a depreciating, um, value and by time you would pay off your car, you probably most likely need a new one or Mm -hmm. something could happen to it. Like they've seen, but also like my, one of my parents has like a really bad, has really bad car juju. (laughs) So I think that's where a lot of that comes from. But I totally understand like what I'm, what they're saying isn't wrong though. Um, It is very possible that once you pay it down, like something may happen or I have friends with bad car juju as well. So um, so I've seen, seen it all. So I think that's something that I, I'm starting not to worry about anymore as debt. Like, yes, it is. And I'll pay it every month and all that stuff. But, um, I, I think I'm not going to be worrying about it too much anymore and just, um, focus on saving and figuring out what my next steps are with my money. I don't, because I don't, Besides school, school is my next step. So mm-hmm. wherever that takes me, I feel like that's most likely where um, my money is going to go. So because I don't have a clear idea of what school is going to be in the next year because it's kind of going to be out of my hands in several months. <laughs> so I I don't know where my money is going per se, but... Um, my plan of, of attack is just saving as much as I possibly can, which is not a bad thing, yeah, obviously. Yeah. So, so yeah, and um, hopefully, 
in like June, I can start um, putting money back into my IRA accounts because I had to stop because I am currently, I'm not in the negative, but I don't have a lot of surplus of money right now. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I had to like cut back on, cut back on that. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm still contributing to my 401k, but yeah, the IRAs I had to like take a step back from. For a little mm-hmm. bit but yeah so yeah that was it for me I don't have any other questions or anything like that I think this was a good roundabout um way to just dive a little bit deeper into like our history of finance and yeah understanding like you know why you make certain money moves the way yeah. you do I feel um that's extremely important and the way you move your money is and the way and how um your relationship to your money is emotional it's not definitely tactical or you know it's not robotic or anything like that it's emotional the way you yeah um work with your money so if so you have to like build a good relationship and I don't you know, I think we both can say that we don't have, like, the relationship that we want with money right now, but as you can, as you've heard, like, obviously, we've come a long way from, like, where we were back then to, like, where we are now, and that also comes with some privileges. We do both currently make more money than we did before Mm -hmm. than we do now, so we have, you know more means to do more things but I think it's still important to wherever you are to try to have a better relationship with money even if you're in the red like try it's nerve-wracking it's hard it sucks to like sit down and um go through like where what is everything and where everything is but I will say if you know what where everything is and what is up with your money no one can come to you and tell you otherwise and you at least know and that way you can actually try to start to do something about it because if you don't know then you're not gonna attempt to get out of the situation that you're in so yeah yeah and one one thing I will say is I think it would make sense for us to um, have our next follow-up personal finance uh, episode very soon because there's a lot of stuff that we could talk about that that might help some of our listeners like just think about or consider different things like I was gonna say oh you know could you elaborate on what your IRA is and, you know, the difference between an IRA Mm -hmm. account and a 401k. But I think, um, you know, we might, we might have some, uh, questions that we can answer very soon. If we, if we do, um, you know, like a follow-up episode soon where we can kind of lay things out and make suggestions or talk a little bit more detail. Like you mentioned, like what we're doing specifically. Um, yeah, because, because it's kind of like what you were saying where like, you got to at least know where your money's going for, you know, what's coming in, where it's going, how it's going out, when it's going out. If you can mm-hmm. start with that, that's like the base, base foundation is just being able to, 
properly track your spending and, and, you know, earning. And then from there, Mm -hmm. you can start delegating things. Like, I've I've heard people refer to their money as, like, every dollar has a job. Where you can say, Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, these thousand dollars that I bring in, like, this, you know, thousand dollars that I spend on rent, that's what my thousand dollars, there's a thousand of my dollars whose job it is to pay my rent you know if, if that makes sense mm-hmm. i don't know if that, that makes yeah. a lot of sense but we're like okay you know these 500 dollars here are, they're, they're saving dollars that's their job is to go into my savings account every month or whatever and it, you know if you think of it that way it helps and there's all these other like tricks where where you're saying like it, it is very emotional there's a lot of um things you can do to trick not trick not just you know other people but like trick trick yourself into making better choices like a lot of people will talk about paying yourself first like what does that mean um you know mentally you 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 give yourself a paycheck this is your your paycheck where it's like okay maybe that's your spending for the month like when you get your paycheck you're paying yourself two hundred dollars to um you know do whatever with that money or you're paying yourself five hundred dollars to put in your savings account like those those sort of things we can talk about in detail um soon i think that that could help a lot so yeah for sure i totally agree i mean tax season is upon us so oh yeah so yeah so that's, that's some real adulting fun. shit right there you want to talk yeah. about being an adult preparing uh, for tax season that's oh jeez. Uh, yeah <sighs> yeah um yeah well we'll move into our last segment called what's got you hot what's mm-hmm. got you hot um i did think of something and it's so it's go it's got me hot in a positive way Okay. I was just talking to my partner about this like two days ago. We were listening to NPR and I was like, you know what's great? I haven't heard Trump's voice in my fucking ear in like a month and it's been amazing. That's so funny. <laughs> Maybe not a month, but just like it feels like a month. This feels like decades ago that that guy was fucking everywhere. Now he's sitting in his stupid resort in Florida, like sulking and preparing for his trials and stuff. But it's just been so nice to not like yeah people are still talking about him obviously he's got a lot of stuff that's you know still really relevant but like not having to hear his stupid fake speeches and his like bs and you know him talking shit about somebody like i just i feel so much more peaceful and it's like having like biden replace him and and having someone who actually talks about things with some substance is just so refreshing like i know biden's not everybody's first pick but i'll take him over trump that's for sure and so i'm i'm happy in that sense that's what's got me hot in a good way (laughs) yeah i will say yeah the media isn't um talking about him as much and there isn't a frenzy so i think that's also part of like the reason why yeah yeah, um, what? Oh, okay, so what's got me hot is, um, I was watching, um, Kim from For Harriet, and I'm, she was, she did some video, and I was, she was talking about how, um, she was talking about how, she was talking about something, I don't remember what the video was about or discussion was, but she mentioned that someone had asked her about, like, how does she, um, keep her, like, private life private 
um, while, like, doing, like, the work that she does. Because, um, because in some instances, she does, like, share her, her, um, her life. And she was, like, I, she was, like, my, she was, like, actually don't share as much as, Pretty much what she was saying was like she doesn't share as much as she as people think she does. She selectively shares, and the key to that is oversharing on small things so that people think that they hmm. know you, but hmm. they actually don't know you wow. because it's like a false like security or whatever. And I reckon when she said that, I was like, I do that, but I do that. I didn't know I was doing that. And because there's, I understand that like, I am guarded and I, I do have walls, but I feel like for in some situations, it doesn't seem like I have walls because I overshare on little things about me that I don't mm. really care that people know. Like, a lot of people who know me know that, like, I love plants. So I overshare about plants because it's something that I don't care that people know about me. Um, uh what else oh people know that like I like makeup and so I overshare about that like but those are like the two main things people know about me they don't really there's Mm. a lot of people who don't recognize that I have lots of uh, other interests or I do lots of other things and I I don't do I mean Kim does this on purpose but I recognize that like I did I don't do this on purpose I, and I didn't realize I was doing it until she, until she said it. And I was like, wow. And because it, it made me, I'm going through a situation right now that's like, that it's made me realize that that's probably the reason why in some relationships that I have, I feel closer to someone than I actually am. And I don't realize that Hmm. I and the other person haven't opened up as much as we thought we did. And it's very much a false sense of closeness. And um, and for, for me, I know it's not on purpose, but, you know... It was just very interesting, and I was like, how did I develop that? Like, how did I develop doing that? Because I didn't know I was doing that until it just, like, clicked for me, and I was like, wow, like, that's crazy, so. Yeah, but I, I think it makes sense, though, because if you think about it, like, the two examples you gave, plants and makeup, it's so easy to talk about that stuff, and the more, yeah. you know, the, I guess the easier it is to talk about that stuff, the less brain power you have to spend you know, trying to talk about stuff that's not easy to talk about, like, you know, family yeah. issues or relationship issues mm-hmm. or, you know, things like that. Yeah. I, I think I think it really depends on the person. It's like, how easy is it for them to just talk about anything? For me, fair. I think I've gone through phases where it's been, it's felt easier to talk about things like my feelings and stuff than in other times. But um, yeah, I, I think uh, I see what you're saying. I think it's just... It's just easier to resort to those 
those things because they're easy to talk about and you can fill a lot of conversation about those things or you mm-hmm. can you know if you talk about a certain plant you can say oh this reminds me of something else and then move on to something yeah. else that's even easier to talk about you know that, that yeah. sort of stuff yeah. yeah so so yeah i yeah i don't know yeah i <laughs> but yeah if you ever don't want to actually really share um your life with someone like I feel like this is great for, like, if you're in the office or something and you're yes, not really trying yes. to connect with a co-worker and uh, the typical um, racist um, thing is to, you know, tell your black co-worker that they're not hanging out with the team and they're not a team player because mm. they don't hang out with the team outside of work even though they're supposed to be doing work shit at work, but whatever. Um, and... If you, yeah, if you don't, if you, you know, you don't want to, like, want people to really know you, but you want to give them that security of, like, oh, like, you think you know me, but you actually don't. Overshare Mm. on something small that you Mm. don't care about, like, and, because that's what a lot of, Kim says that's what she does. And I've also heard other, like, internet personalities say that, too, and... I was like, wow, that's because then it makes like these random people on the internet comfortable to tell you who you are, and it's like, you don't know me. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. just because I share certain things about my life doesn't mean that you know who I am, because you don't. Like, that's just a part of me. There, I'm very multifaceted. People are very multifaceted. So yeah, I just found that very interesting, and that's what got me hot because it it had me thinking. So. So, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, that's it for me. I guess the end of the episode. <laughs> it's a very long one, guys. We're not sorry. <laughs> I, I'm not sorry. Yeah, no. I I think it was a good um, a good intro, you know, like you said. But I'm definitely looking forward because, you know, this is, like, my favorite thing to talk about. I really tried to keep, keep things at bay this time. I could have <laughs> over-explained for days, but I chose not to because... I don't want people to be like, this bitch is annoying. No, I'm no, but, no, 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 I, I am excited to, to keep talking about this stuff. Um, and again, you know, I, I really hope that we can, um, you know, do, do a, a follow-up episode soon and talk about things in more yeah. detail. We definitely, we've been having meetings and, and talking about some of the things that we want to focus on for this year. And, and, um, you know, we have some, some good ideas we think, uh, you know, yeah. for some content going forward. So really excited about that. But anyways, to wrap up here, as always, thank you so much for listening and joining us. And yeah, um, I do want to take a second to mention, um, again, our social media. And if you have any questions or want to reach out to us or suggest things, um, please make sure that you check out the show notes. We have our um, social media handles there. Uh, you can email us um we'll have our email in the description as well uh celeste told me to make sure that i mentioned that going forward (laughs) so i'm really trying to make sure i mention that (laughs) follow us yeah we have instagram we're we have youtube we have obviously our gmail um do we have twitter yeah we have twitter i even though i need to focus on the tweets more but yeah um and still still working on the website we'll we'll have that up soon for you but again as always thank you for listening this was the slight sarcasm podcast i'm amber i'm slash 
and we will have you guys tune in next time